Displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had gone. Didn't Jesus rose with our freedom in hand? When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. Uh, I'll tell you what, you give you guys an hour to warm up after that cold entrance this morning, you do all right. I can hear you up here. Welcome to everyone that's joining us in the Worship Center and today online. We're just so glad that you're uh, joining us for this time of worship today. We hope that you're warm wherever you are. Um, you know, I would tell you to snuggle up to somebody, but CDC standard says that I'm not allowed to say that anymore, among other things. But uh, just find a warm place and sit back and just uh, take in today's worship and listen to the words that Harold's going to bring. It's a special message just to penetrate our hearts, and we know that the Holy Spirit's going to be in the place today. So I hope you feel that time. If you're a guest with us, we just want to say welcome to you. It's our pleasure to have you join us for worship today. If there's anything that we can do for you while you're here, don't hesitate to let us know. We have wonderful 
greeting people in the foyer and they can point you in any direction for anything that you might need. The one thing that we always ask of our guests is don't ever leave church without stopping by our desk out there and giving us a chance to meet you personally. Just gives us a warm feeling to know that you are joining us today, but we also want to know your name and, and maybe get to know you a little bit better. Maybe you're going to have time and you would fill out a little bit of information for us so we'd have a record of your visit. If you're online and you're watching it, same thing goes for you. You might not be here, but we ask you to take a moment in our comment section and just drop any information about yourself that, that would help us communicate with you, any kind of need that you have, prayer requests today. Don't hesitate to put those out there. It's just a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord today. A couple of things I wanted to make you aware of. Um, it might be cold outside. That, that doesn't mean we're not doing anything. We've got a lot that's coming online for church over the next couple of weeks. And uh, one big one is we have both women's and men's groups that are starting um, towards the beginning of March. And if you are interested in being a part of one of those groups, um, even if you can't get here right now in the weeks and um, ahead, we just we want to open up an opportunity for you to feel like you're a part of a group and we can do that. All you have to do is go online. We have registration through our online uh, presence and we also have it through the realm. If you have realm um, and if you haven't signed up for that, you want to because it gives you access to your groups. It's a wonderful way just to be able to reach out. But don't forget to sign up for the groups that are coming online. And speaking of groups, the 21st of February, the marriage group uh, kicks back in. We do it at 6 o'clock at night on that Sunday night. We'll be meeting right out here, and it's a great time of fellowship. If you've never been, the only thing you got to do is bring your spouse and come and join us. And we have a great time of fellowship. We have a great time of study. And, yes, we are COVID protected. We do everything that we can to make sure everybody's safe. So make sure that you try that group out if you haven't ever been a part of it. It's a great day for worship, and today as we kick off worship, I want to ask that Sydney comes and lead us in a word of scripture. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you guys want to stand back up this morning, we're going to sing a new song. Talking all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath lies that you believe. Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just asleep, and it's time to leave. Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. Power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you see the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus. 
said your name, thing that filled your veins. It's more than blood, it's the kind of love that washes it away. Now the door is open wide, stone's been rolled aside. The old is gone, the light has come, so come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? From the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. Power, death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like He's giving us new resurrected hearts. Ooh. He's calling us to walk out of the dark. He's giving us new resurrected hearts. Come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. So <laughs> I duped Josh into singing this song this morning. I told him I would share a couple verses with him, and then when he got here, I was like, I'm not doing that. You're on your own. But uh, he does it so good, um, and God is so good. So we want you to sing along with us this morning if you know this.
so good to us. Amen. I'm in Revelation chapter 2 this morning. I invite you to turn there. We're in a series called Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus. And uh, February is kind of the 
month of love. And so we're going to take some time this morning to evaluate our love and our passion for Jesus. And so Revelation chapter 2, I'll invite you to stand one more time and we'll honor the Word of God. Let me ask you something before we get started. Anybody, anybody want to hear from the Spirit this morning? Anybody willing to say before we even get into it that, that you want to hear and you want to respond to whatever the Spirit says to you? Anybody? All right. Let's tell the Spirit. Lord, you speak to us today. I'll respond as, as you lead me. Revelation 2, to the angel of the churches in Ephesus write, the words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. You have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent, do the works you did at first. If not, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I'll grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let's pray. Father, give us ears to hear, and some listening online and some in this room have have said we want to hear and we want to respond to your word. And Lord, I know the more that I come to Revelation 2, verse 4, the sharper it gets in regards to abandoning our first love. I, I pray you would speak to our hearts today and, and call us to repentance. Remind us of how good you are. You're so good to us. You came and saved us and blessed us and called us and anointed us and made us highly favored and brought us into your family. And we pray this morning that we would have receptive hearts to the speaking of your spirit through your word. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. If you remember, we started this series uh, back in January in Revelation chapter 1. And uh, John had this vision of the the risen Lord, and he tries to describe the, the glory and the grandeur of the Lord. And uh, now, in chapters 2 and 3, the Lord has something to, to say to his churches. There are seven churches as mentioned in chapter 1. And, uh, and so this morning, we're going to look at the first church. And, uh, and so, verse 1, to the angel, Angelus, sometimes translated as messengers, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, and so here's what John is to write, from the Lord, the words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand. That's, that's the Lord. And uh, who walks along, among the seven golden lampstands. Uh, the lampstands are the churches. We learned that back in chapter 1, verse 20. And so we notice that he holds, that's present tense, the seven stars in his right hand. He, we are his possession. And this speaks of his divine authority over his churches. And we notice that the Lord walks among his people, amongst his churches. You ever think about that, that the Lord walks amongst us and, and uh, he's our watchman and our protector and our sustainer. And he sees and knows what goes on in his churches. He is not an absentee landlord. 
And, and that, listen, this is the assurance that he is in our midst back in chapter 1, and he walks amongst us. That brings us this assurance and also a great deal of accountability. And so these seven verses are to the church in Ephesus, and Ephesus was the home of the temple of Diana. We have a picture of it, the Artemis in the Greek, and this temple was known as one of the seven wonders of the world. During that time, people would travel from all over the world to come and see this temple. And Diana was the goddess of sex and fertility, and so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Diana, but the way that you worship Diana was through sexual relations with temple prostitutes. It was a pagan place. Uh, Ephesus was known for all kinds of indescribable activities, sexual perversion, self-mutilation, lawlessness. Uh, We think it's bad now. Well, it's been bad before. You know, a lot of people, we're going to hell in a hand. Listen, it's been bad before. And God reigns and God does a work. And so right here in the middle of Ephesus, there's a group of people in love with Jesus Christ. And they were proclaiming the gospel. And, and they, they were kind of in Satan's backyard. And, uh, you know, the gospel came there through Paul. And it changed their lives. And they turned from their idolatry and the worship of Diana. And they burned their magic books. That's, this is the church, Acts chapter 19. They, they had all these books. And they went and they burned them. And, and uh, they were living for Jesus Christ. And, and so this morning, three primary things that we notice that the Lord uh, says to the church in Ephesus. And really to all the churches. And, and we know that this is very applicable for us today. The first thing we see is the church is, is commended. Verse 2, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance. And, and so the Lord is gracious like that. He first looks for the good and he commends them for some things. And notice what he commends them for. First of all, their service is commended. Now, three words he used to describe the activities of the church. Your, your works, your toil. That word speaks of the intensity of their work, and we could say that they worked their fingers to the bones. They, they weren't uh, a Sunday-only church. Uh, they were working and laboring unto the Lord, and then their patient endurance. Uh, and so there, here's a church, and there's considerable opposition against the church and against Christians, and, and uh, we know the opposition that Paul faced when he went there to Ephesus. Uh, they, they opposed him publicly and physically, and you can read about that in Acts 19 and 20. And, uh, but if you visit this church, and, and uh, it wasn't in COVID days, and they had their bulletin, it would be full of opportunities and activities for, uh, for people to participate in. And, and so they're faithful servants of the Lord Jesus. In church, we've got to be careful. If, if we're not careful, the church begins to look more like a country club, and, and we try to pat ourselves on the back and, and uh, pamper ourselves. And that's not the picture we get in the Scriptures. We're, we're to come together as a family of God and worship together. We're to come and be equipped, and then we're to go out into the world in our workplaces and our communities, and, and we're to serve and be a witness for Christ. God didn't call us to, to, He didn't save us so that we would just coast into glory. Amen? No, He saved us so that we'd be in active service in His army. We're to run this race until God calls us home to glory. Ephesians 2 uh, 10, for uh, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And so we're saved by grace, verses 9 and 10 of Ephesians 2, but we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for these good works. And so 
if Jesus were to write to Burlington Baptist Church, would, would he have any commendations uh, about the way we work and labor and persevere for his sake? And secondly, their spiritual discernment was commended. Verse 2 again, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. And so we, we have some believers, and they're trying to live out their faith in the midst of a perverse and immoral culture. And again, surrounded. Think about the, the context. They're surrounded by all this immorality, and they're taking a stand on morality, and they're living out their faith. And it's hard sometimes to live different than the world. And, but yet God still calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. In the world, yes, but not of the world. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And so uh, it's a good reminder for us uh, that as Christians, our walk and our talk and our, our social media post and, and uh, our choice of entertainment, our dress, all those things, uh, our lives should be different than those of a lost world around us. That's the only way that we can shine a light uh, of Christ in this world of darkness. And notice at the end uh, of, of verse 2, uh, but you have tested those who call themselves apostles. And there, there were some who had come into the church and they had made some claims about, uh, I guess, their religious pedigree and, and claimed to be sent from God. Now, Paul had warned the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, uh, probably the last time he saw them, he, he warned them in Acts 20, 28, be, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And so pay attention, you leaders of the church. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. And so Paul warned them. He says, after I leave, there's going to be some who come in here and they're going to teach false doctrine and Verse 31, therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And, and so he said there's going to be false teachers, savage wolves that are going to try to come into the church. And so uh, when people pass through the city claiming to be men of God, they, they put them to the test. And they examined what they were teaching and preaching to see how it aligned with the Word of God. And if it didn't align, it, they, they would expose them for the liars that they were. Then in verse 6, I want to go ahead and cover that verse. Yet you hate, yet that you have this, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And so just a little bit of a disclaimer. You, you can read about the Nicolaitans. We, we don't know for sure. I, I don't think who this group were. Uh, the best guess is that these were a group of heretics who had come into the church and they were pushing religious liberties to extremes. They were pushing religious liberties to extremes. They were saying something like, well, you can be a Christian, and yet you can still participate in the immoral activities of the culture. There's people that teach that today. Oh, you can be a Christian and call yourself a Christian, and you can keep living like the world. Listen, church, that's not true. We're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Clement of Alexandria says they abandoned themselves to pleasure like goats, leading lives of self-indulgence. And so the, the Ephesians are, are commended because they refuse to allow false doctrine to be established in the church. And so, so how do we do that? Well, we test all things 
we see how it aligns with the Word of God, and if it doesn't align with the Word of God, we, we kick it out. Listen, we need this spiritual discernment in the church today. Listen, if I say or preach something that, that you're not sure about, then, then you test it according to the Word. And I tell you, if it doesn't align with the Word, come and see me because I want to preach according to the Word. And listen, there are lots of, there's so much preaching, more than ever before, and, and uh, there's various formats. And, but listen, just because it comes from a preacher, just because it comes from a church, just because it's on the radio, doesn't mean it's truth. And so we put it to the test. Uh, man, we've got people listening to feel-good preaching, and uh, they don't care if the preaching or teaching is true. Church, that's dangerous. Uh, you know, Paul warned Timothy, there's going to be, there's going to come a time where people just want their ears tickled. And so we're to be warned here. But we need to be more like the Berean Jews in Acts 17, 11. They, they received the word with all eagerness. And I, I hope you received the word, but, but they, they examined the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. And so, uh, listen, some people believe anything anymore. Don't, don't be like that. There's a big market for falsehood. And so if Jesus were to write to Burlington Baptist this morning, would he commend our spiritual discernment? And then their steadfastness was commended. We hit this already a little bit. Your patient endurance in verse 2. They're enduring under the trials and all the pressure from outside. Verse 3 it says, I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary and and so here's a church that's carrying a heavy load. They're enduring much opposition. They're laboring to the point of exhaustion. They're steadfast is, is the word. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Uh, Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. We, we need to be reminded of that sometimes because it's hard sometimes. But, but Paul says be steadfast in that and know that everything you do in the name of the Lord, it matters. And so would Jesus commend our steadfastness? And so the church in Ephesus sounds like a pretty good church, and we wouldn't mind being a part of this hardworking church. And then we come to verse 4, and we have this word, but, or nevertheless, in some translations. These are things commendable, but, and the Lord sees something that's alarming. And so he started by commending the church, and now the church is confronted. Verse 4, I have this against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. And again, I, something in me wants to kind of def, defend the church and say, wait a minute, Lord, this, is a, this church is serving and they're laboring and they're steadfast and they're spiritually discerning. This sounds like a fantastic church. They got sound doctrine. They got strong roots. This sounds like an awesome church. And yet the Lord says, you've left your first love. Now, what's he talking about? What, what is... Jesus talking about when he talks about our first love and I I think it's the the love and devotion to Christ that often characterizes new believers fervent uninhibited excited unashamed ready to charge hell with a water gun it's it's that kind of love I, I think you you remember that Think about your first love. Think about honeymoon love. You, you remember first love kind of stares your heart and thrills your soul. It's alive and it's vibrant. I, I remember the first time I met Jenny at Walmart, my, my heart just jumped and it kept jumping and uh, about short-circuited my brain. You, you know what I'm talking about? 
can, can you remember when you was first saved? Can you remember how in love with Jesus you were? You began to love his word and you began to love his people and you wanted to come together and worship him. And can you remember when he just had total control of your heart? And you'd do anything you thought he wanted you to do. You'd go anywhere you thought he wanted you to go. Listen, that, that's all part of our, our first love. And if we're not careful, church, we, our love and passion and zeal and begins to cool. And we begin to forget about the cross, and we forget about the grace that God showed to... I mean, we, we were hell-bound. The wages of sin is death. We deserve death and punishment in hell. And Jesus came to our rescue and went to a cross and took our sins upon Himself, died in our place, took the punishment that we deserved. And He did that for us. And by His grace, we're saved through faith. And we, we forget about the fact that we're on a road that leads to hell. And, and then our service and our labor to the Lord becomes mechanical instead of passionate. And so hear me this morning. What we do for the Lord is important, but why we do what we do is even more important. What we do is important, but why we do it is, is so much more important. Listen, our labor for the love is no substitute for our love for the Lord. What we do does not substitute for loving the Lord. The one thing that Christ wants from His church, is the bride, more than anything else is our love. And He demands it. And so we know believers at the time of their conversion who seemed to be greatly in love with Him. And as time went on, that love waned and grew cold and it began to get choked out by the cares of the world. And, and so we have to ask ourselves when we're here in verse 4, have we lost our love? For Jesus. Have we lost some of our love for Jesus? And if Jesus looked at our church, which is made up of individuals, you and I, would he say you, you do some good things, but you've left your first love? And so they look good on the surface, but Jesus knew their hearts. And listen, listen, Jesus sees what we see, and yet he sees much deeper than what we see and he's able to look beneath the surface of our lives and and see the true condition of our hearts and and I, I when I'm here I'm thinking Lord I don't I don't want you to look at my heart and conclude that I don't love you like I used to but that was kind of the bottom line for the church in Ephesus they, they had but they left their first love now they still love Jesus and they listen they but they're fervent passionate Love had faded from their hearts and they didn't love him like they used to and yet they were still serving and yet they, they still love sound doctrine and they, they're still busy. But, but the flame of their love that had once burned so brightly had begun to smolder. The light that once shined so brightly had been dimmed and they lost that passionate love for Jesus. They left their first love. We could say that getting saved is, is falling head over heels in love with Jesus. Is that a pretty good description of what happens? And then spiritual growth is, is really just falling deeper and deeper. And You know, I hear people say, well, I loved her when I married her, but after all these years, my, my love has grown deeper. You, you all know what I'm talking about, hopefully? Shake your head like this. Hurry up, fast. But th that's the same way spiritually. We, we fall head over heels in love with Jesus, but our spiritual growth, we, just, we, we come to know Him more and we fall deeper in love. And it's that love that motivates us and compels us to give our lives to, to know Him more and to serve Him and to share Him and to honor Him. And listen, it, it's the overflow of that love that, 
that's the reason we go and we witness and that's why we sing and we come and we worship and that's why we give and that's why we, we preach and we teach. That's why we say, wherever you lead, I'll go. It's the overflow of that love for Jesus. And so the church in Ephesus was, was active in the Lord's work, but they were serving probably out of a sense of duty and, and not out of this fervent love for Jesus. And then we have to ask ourselves again, do we serve because we love Him or do we serve out of a sense of duty? Listen, it is possible to labor without love. It's hard, but it's possible. And I don't know if you can love and not labor, but you can certainly labor without love. And so we think about Mary and Martha back in Luke chapter 10. You can turn there if you want to, but you, you don't know the story. Jesus went to visit them. In Luke ten thirty eight, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named called Mary. And Mary just sat at the Lord's feet, didn't she? And listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Serving's good. Hospitality's good. It's all good. But she went to the Lord and said, Lord, do you not care about my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell me to, to tell her then to help me. And so we, we get the picture. Martha's distracted. I mean, she wants to be a good hostess, and, and Mary's just sitting there at Jesus' feet, and she's not helping. And, and notice Jesus in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. One thing's necessary. Again, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and adoration and worship and jesus said there's one thing necessary verse 42 mary has chosen that good portion which will not be taken away from her and i, and I think jesus's point here is that our love and our devotion and our worship for him is the one essential activity that ought to take precedence over every other activity in life and so as believers we gather together on sunday that's the lord's day and we corporately worship the God, and, and we, we want to make that a priority in our lives. I tell people, listen, I know some of you can't come yet, but get that vaccine and wear two, whatever it takes to be able to come back and to worship God with God's people. And listen, whether you're online or you're here, don't, don't you want more than an hour or two with someone that you love? And I'm not talking about an hour or two at church. But we're invited to come into His presence through prayer. We're invited into His presence through the reading of the Word. And listen, if we love Him, we, we want to spend some time with Him. And we want to get to know Him. And, and so listen, church, our relationship, our worship, our love for Jesus should be at the top of our priority list. Because Jesus said there's one thing necessary. Jesus didn't say one thing is necessary to fill the calendar. He said there's one thing necessary, and it was what Mary was doing, sitting at his feet. I, I suspect most of us would say, Lord, I, I want to love, love God like I did when I first got saved. I, I want to love God like, like I did that week I was on that mission trip. Or I want to love God like I, I, want that, I want that when I was at the men's retreat. or the, I want to love God like that. Well, if that's the case, then you probably should confess to God that you've abandoned your first love and seek His counsel on what to do. And, and in this passage, God graciously offers some counsel to us about what to do if we've abandoned our first love. And so thirdly, the church is counseled. 
And you all know my language. I had to clarify. He didn't say canceled. He, he counsels the church. Three suggestions uh, to revive our, our love for him. Verse 5, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And so as believers, we need to take time to remember. Remember here is active voice. It, the language is keep on remembering what you had. And so Jesus says, remember that passion and that warmth and that exciting love that you had at the beginning. And, and so sometimes, church, sometimes we need to take a stroll down memory lane. We need to remember. I, I've done that this week. I, I remember that Friday night, and I, I've told you all this before, but it was a Friday night. I went to the pastor's study late at night, and I just told him I was lost and gave my heart to Jesus. I, I, I need to remember that sometimes. I, I remember the, the weight that I felt before I did that. And then just down memory lane, I remember teaching a Sunday school class for the first time, not knowing a clue what I was doing. And I remember evangelism explosion. We had these teams, and we'd go out knocking on doors. Two other people, and sometimes you're hoping nobody would answer the door. But not really. Just, just, just remembering that and remembering the, when someone, when you, when you got to share the gospel with someone and, and someone believed upon Jesus and the excitement and the emotion of, of those early days and you wanted to tell somebody about Jesus and it's good to remember sometimes. Some of you, maybe you've been saved for so long you for, forgot the thrill of those early days and I remember the weight that fell off me that night. I could breathe. I, I knew that if I went to bed and I, if I died, I was going to heaven. I, I remember I wanted to read the Word. I, I, man, I was just head over heels in love with Jesus. You know, we talk about revival. Maybe the first step for revival is just remembering where we used to be when we came to the Lord. Have you pondered the wonder of His grace and goodness towards you lately? Have you, have you forgotten where you were at? When Jesus came and rescued you? The second bit of counsel there in verse 5 is repent. That means to turn, go in a different direction. You, you say, repent from what? Listen, church, failure to love and worship God is not just something we fail to do, it's a sin. Some of you say, well, I don't know about that. Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36. What's the greatest commandment? In his answer in verse 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all... Listen, the greatest commandment is that you're to love God. It's not the greatest suggestion. It's the greatest commandment. And so the Lord says, repent. That's what he wanted from the church in Ephesus, for them to say, God, I'm sorry. I want that deep abiding love. I, I want to return to that. I confess my sin and my coldness towards you. Help me. And so repent of the sin of not loving Jesus like you used to. Now, listen, when we say the word repent, our pride quickly jumps up, doesn't it? And we're like, I don't need to repent. Listen, God opposes the proud, but he, he gives grace to the humble. And so in a couple minutes... We'll have an opportunity for repentance. I, I just I got to thinking this morning uh, when I used to talk to older people and they would tell me about these revivals that would last two weeks. Anybody remember two week revivals? Any some of you? And they, and they would tell me sometimes about these. They had these uh, morning benches. 
not mourning like sun's coming up, but like mourning, crying, weeping benches. And they would say, you know, people would go up there to those mourning benches and they would weep over their sin. And sometimes they would stay until they got broken. And I was like, what do you mean broken? Broken over the fact they don't care what anybody else thinks. They just want to be right with God. They, they want to weep over their sin. Man, the Lord needs to take us back there, doesn't he? Well, not much weeping over sin anymore. I think about the contemporary church, and if there's an area where the church needs to repent, it's right here. And, and again, I, I know how some of you think. You say, speak for yourself. No, I think I could speak for a majority of churches in America. We have allowed everything in the world to come before the Lord. And we could make a list this long, and we could put jobs and recreation and money and family and well i mean it would be long but all those things we've allowed to to come before the lord take priority over loving and worshiping the lord and listen i know many of you think i don't have many reasons to repent i I get that but listen let me let me let me get in your business for a minute can i anybody okay with that if you get mad at me i forgive you but when was the last time you confessed for your lack of burning, fervent love for Jesus? When was the last time you confessed that? When was the last time you confessed that you failed at the greatest commandment? How long has it been since your love was just white, hot for Jesus? And you unashamedly expressed your love for Him. So passionate that you wanted to tell somebody about Him. You couldn't help it. I mean, they fired me from my job, but I got to tell somebody about Jesus. When was the last time your, your love was that hot? And so remember and repent, and then it says, and do the works you did at first. I, let's call that recommit. Recommit to do the works that you did at first. What did you do when you first got saved and you, your love for God was growing? Listen, I'll tell you what you did. You studied the Word. You were hungry for the Word, and you prayed, and you didn't have it all figured out, did you? You just said, God, I'm, I'm supposed to pray, and you listen to me, and I don't know what I, how, I don't, oh, oh, Heavenly Father. You, you didn't know all the, you, you just, you came with childlike faith, and you prayed, and you shared Christ, and you, you served out of joy and passion, and listen, listen, if we're to get back to the works we did at first, then we've got to get back into the Bible, and back to praying, and back to witnessing, and, and back to, to crying for the lost. Listen, I, I remember that when I was little, sometimes people would cry for the lost, does anybody remember that? When you were so burdened to think that somebody in your family or that you knew and loved was on the road to hell, and we, we used to cry for them. We used to praise them without worrying about what everybody else thought, didn't we? And so I say, Lord, lead us back to those days. And after that counsel, he, he gives them a strong warning there in verse 5. If not... I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You see, a church that loses its love will soon lose its light. And Jesus basically says, if you don't follow my counsel, then I'll turn out the lights. Unless it repents, a loveless church will soon become a dead church. And you travel to Ephesus today, and there's no church there. It's nothing but ruins and rubble, and they failed to heed the message. And listen, none of us want that for our church, but it, but it could happen. We've got several hundred people coming. It can happen. 
It's happened all over Europe. And so how about we repent of our lack of love and ask God to revive our love and passion for Him. Ask God to turn up the light, kindle the fire of our love for Jesus. Let's pray. God, your spirit uh, has spoken this morning through the word. and So many things I, th- I think about this morning. I, I think about all the times where I have fallen into the Martha's trap and gotten busy and my service has been mechanical and lost joy in serving because we serve out of duty instead of love. Lord, I pray that you would restore our first love to you. Restore mine, first love for you, Lord. Lord, keep our hearts from worldly things and keep us in your word. Lord, take us back to our first love. Lord, I pray you'd keep our lamp burning brightly here at Burlington Baptist and lead us back to the cross and remind us of your great love for us. Remind us of our condition apart from Jesus and that you would love us and go to a cross and die for us. Lord, as we prayed today, we we pray you would put some, some logs on the fire of our love for you. Get us, get us white hot. So much so, Lord, that if we got to go out and we got to tell others about Jesus and we got to make some changes in the way we live and we got to be in your word. We want to get to know you. Lord, some have committed to respond to your spirit this morning. Give them courage to do that. For those who need to repent, I pray they would do that. Online, at their seat, at the altar. Lord, if there's anyone that's saved, that would lost this morning, I pray that they would believe upon Jesus and be saved. And we invite you to, to do a work in the next few minutes for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and I didn't, uh, I, I'm going to read verse 7. I didn't get to it, but he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear. And to the one who conquers, I'll grant the eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The tree of life is life eternal. We're invited to partake of that tree through faith in Jesus. And so I just, I want to invite you to respond this morning as the Spirit leads. And to some of you, it's, it's remembering where you used to be and taking a stroll down memory lane. Some of you, it's repentance and saying, God, I, man, I don't love you like I used to. I don't have a hunger for your word like I used to. Listen, some of you, you need to come down here and just say, do some business with God and don't worry about what everybody else thinks. And then recommit. Some of you need to recommit to the, to your first things of being in the word and Spending time. Listen, you you respond. The Spirit's spoken. You respond this morning. Oh, I heard 
thousand stories of world make your life but I heard tender whisper of love in dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father to you are to you are to you are and I'm loved by you to I am to I am to I am who I've seen many searching for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide cause you know just what we need before we say our word. You're a good, good father. To you are, to you are, to you are. And I'm loved by you. To I am, to I am, to I am. seated for just a moment. It's not so. I want to encourage you to respond to, to the word. I I've uh, I just I want to confess something to you guys. Uh, man, I've been kind of dealing with this passage this weekend, and you know, as you remember, the Lord shows you some things about where you were when you got saved and where you are now. And uh, man, I just 
I'm going to publicly repent of not loving Jesus like I did then and being on fire like I was then. And uh, I, I feel like many in the church could probably say the same thing. And so I'm not speaking for you, uh, but God forgives that. And part of, I think, rekindling that love for him is him showing you. Uh, man, you used, to, you used to just be on fire for me, and you, you still do some things, but that love is not what it used to be. And, and so I, I want God to restore that love that I once had, and I want to be, man, I want to be on fire evangelistically. Uh, I guess ignorance on fire was, was good back then, and praise the Lord for that. So, Danny, do you want to introduce this fine couple yeah, right here? Yeah, tell them to come up here. Come on up here, Roxy. They belong Alex. to me and Tina. Now don't, so, hey, don't, <laughs> nobody's going to hold that against them. Yeah, j- listen. So that's Roxy, uh, that's our oldest daughter, and that's Alec, her husband, and they're uh, joining the church today, which is awesome. <laughs> They've been wanting to do it for a while. They've turned in a visitor's card, what, like last year? Huh? You turned in a visitor card like last year, so uh, it took them this long, but they finally did it, so <laughs> we're happy. I'm pretty pumped. So I've got a praise this week. Amen. 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 <laughs> awesome. So we welcome Alec and Roxy. They, they've trusted in the Lord and been baptized, and they're excited to officially be a part of Burlington Baptist. And church, you all love and encourage them, and uh, we're, we welcome you. you. Well, like always, uh, the clear boxes on the way out are the dollar club. The dark boxes um, are the offering. They're labeled in case you get confused out there or ask one of the deacons. They can show you, and uh, they'll dismiss us like always. And It's wonderful to see you guys. Stay warm this week, and let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day, and Lord, I just thank you for um, having some more of our kids in this church. So we just thank you so much for that, and, and be with us this week as it, as it gets colder, and just keep our hearts warm for Jesus, Lord, and help us to just rekindle uh, that flame that we had when we first got saved. Lord, we just ask for that every single day. And, and when we think about what he did for us, Lord, it shouldn't really be that hard. So, Lord, just continue to bless this church and thank you for getting this stuff back on the calendar and all the things we've got going on. And we lift all of the prayer requests that we have up to you. Help those who are sick. Help those who are dealing with bad um, bad news surgery-wise or, or health-wise. Lord, we just want to lift all those up to you and give them some peace and comfort. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>